everybody. Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host. Each week, we begin a path on a different subject that is of interest to all runners. We runners have a ton of resources available to us. From every direction we can look, move, or breathe, there is information to help us be better runners. But this influx of resources gets confusing. Is it from a trustworthy source? Is it just a trend? Will it work for me? What's a runner to do? I think it's partially the responsibility of us running podcasters and bloggers to help fellow runners out by filtering what is worthwhile and what is not. That's why I don't shy away from giving my opinion. If something is bothering me, I will tell you. And on the flip side, if there's something that I think is worthwhile, I'll also share that with you. If you're listening to this, then you already know how podcasts have changed our lives. We can hear runners talk about running while we run. How amazing and wonderful is that? There are so many running podcasts to choose from. Most of what we choose is our personal preference. Do you like a host voice? Is the information interesting and helpful? Is it entertaining? What about the quality? Is the sound of the show good? All of these go into my own choice when I choose a podcast to listen to. What will make me turn off a show fast is if the host uses these words a lot. Uh, and you know, and like, and um, and does zero editing. My gosh, it doesn't take a whole lot to do editing. Clean up some of those words. Because if you sound like a valley girl, I ain't listening to your show. (laughs) Just not. And the other thing that will make me turn off your show is if it's boring. A boring podcast should never happen. I love listening to podcasts on my commute to work or when I'm running or at the gym and all other times, and I really love running podcasts. And I try to keep it interesting. I have a different theme in every one of my shows, and I do hours of prep work. I really work hard. And I find there's no excuse if you're lazy. If all you do is sitting around with your buddies and talk about how bad the traffic was to the gym for an hour, oh my god, boring. I probably won't be listening to you. I'm just sorry. That's just not my thing. But fortunately, there are some great running and fitness podcasts out there. They're so good that I want to share them with you. So over time, I will introduce you to different podcasts that I like and that I think would be helpful and interesting for you. One of the ones I really like is RunBuzz. Steve Carmichael has been doing RunBuzz podcast for five years and has over a 100 episodes. When I start listening to a new podcast, I go to the very beginning. I listen to, if it's available, I listen to episode one and then two and three. But there were so many on RunBuzz that I listened to the first few and then I had to kind of skip around and listen to a bunch. I haven't listened to them all, so I'm working my way, but I did listen to some of the newest ones too. And I can honestly tell you, there's not one episode that I didn't really enjoy. It's a really nice podcast. And it's quite interesting. He has great guests. A lot of the guests are normal people, like normal runners, like you and me. He does have some famous people on, like he just had Ryan Hall on, and he'll talk about that a little bit in the interview. But he goes out of his way to have people that we can relate to as regular runners. 
He also started an or- the organization Run Buzz through the podcast, and it's a huge community in his in his neighborhood and in his city. And it's such a great resource that I thought you would would be interested in hearing more about it. So enjoy the episode and my interview with Steve, and I'll give you all the contact information afterwards. So without further ado, here's Steve. Steve, how's your running going these days? Ah, it's going it's going all right. I've uh I've been back in the groove here in the last couple of months. I, I tend to go in phases this last year, but uh definitely doing well. Okay. Well you're you're in a part of the country where am I if I'm wrong, you're in Ohio, is that right? Yeah, I'm in a suburb of Columbus, Ohio, right in the center of the state. Do you take any time off during the year or do you take an off time, uh, off running, and, and just focus on cross training, or do you run year round? Uh, I like to I like to run in seasons. Generally, we'll start training after the first of the year and, and hit the spring race, early summer races. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a little bit of time off in, during the hot part of the summer for a couple of weeks, and right. then I'll run shorter races towards the end of the year, uh, around the Thanksgiving October time frame, and then. Uh, take a few weeks off around Christmas and early part, I guess, of, of January. Right. When it's super cold where you live, yeah. it's probably still super cold too. We don't, um, I, I live in San Francisco and we don't really take a whole lot of time off. It's like year round, you know, it's like tight off season. What's that? You know? Yeah. I, I just found that it gives me a little bit of a mental break and, and, and I'm an older runner. I turned 50 here this May and I just found that, you know, with my busy work work schedule and, and, and the different things that I got going on, it's it, I need that mental break sometimes as well as the physical break. Sure, sure. Well, we all do. You know, sometimes we have to talk ourselves into it. Say, okay, may, you may not think you do, but your body's telling you, please, please take a break. And and I, I've got I've got a couple of years on you, so I understand that. <laughs> so so you know, there there was one. There was one interview that you were doing, and I just wanted to ask you, what does conscious running mean to you? Conscious running is really just about being aware of yourself when you're running. So constantly doing a self-check. So, for example, are you running relaxed? Are you running you know, with, with breathing um, that's rhythmic? You know, are you aware of the, of the stuff that's going on around you? But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's really looking for those aches and pains maybe that might be popping up uh, and really just kind of doing a head to toe check as you run. That's what it means to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, it means probably some different things to a lot of different people. Well, that makes sense though. And tell us how you started running. Yeah. So I've never was a runner. Uh, Pretty much hated running. I I was a, Mm -hmm. I was in in high school many, many, many years ago. Uh, I played um, sports. I played football and, and just, running was kind of our punishment and conditioning. And, and I kind of stepped away from it. I was in the military for a little while and we would run for our, our PT tests. And I just got really uh, caught up, I guess, in my twenties and thirties chasing career and had a lot of cubicle jobs as, as a developer and programmer and never, I just let myself fall out of shape when entering my twenties and thirties. And, and I went to a doctor appointment and, uh, my blood work was all over the place. My, my, I had elevated cholesterol. I had liver enzymes that were out of whack from something that we later found out was fatty liver disease that mm-hmm. where the fat accumulates around the liver. And the doctor kind of basically told me, he's like, you need to do something. You know, you're in your 
I think I was 37, 38 at the time. And he's like, you got to do something because what you're living today is a result of your last 20 years. And, and if you, how you, how you change today will affect how you live the next 20 years. And so um, I kind of realized, you know, that I had reached a point where I just let my health go downhill. And, and so I went out, I came home from the doctor that day, went out for a run, took off down my, my little neighborhood here and made it about three houses before I had to bend over and catch my breath. And uh, I was pretty, pretty shocked. Cause if you, if somebody had looked at me, I mean, I wouldn't look like I was out of shape. I, you know, I looked normal. Mm-hmm. There is such a thing, but physically I was just worn out from stress and a number of different things. And so uh, I was borderline diabetic. My, my sugar numbers were, were right on that edge. And I just decided to, to change my life a little bit. And, and I didn't, it didn't happen right away. I mean, I, I, I struggled for six months and really hated running. And, and then one day I, a friend told me, he's like, you got to sign up for a uh, turkey trot. And he's like, if you do that, he goes, you'll stick to running. Cause again, for six months, I hated every step of it mm-hmm. and showed up on race day. And I was so naive. I didn't even know that, you know, I was out there to win it, not, not to win <laughs> in the race, but I thought, you know, for, you know, 37, 38 year old guy, I thought I was like, I at least wanted to compete, you know, in the age group. And I took off running and I ran the fastest first mile of that five mile race. I think I ever run since I was in high school and mm. uh, about a mile in, I, I ran like a six forty five seven minute pace and a mile in, I couldn't run another step. <laughs> I still had four miles to go. And uh, um, the next four miles were horrible, but I was so caught up in that, that pre-race excitement, you know, the music playing and the race announcer firing everybody up and my drone was pumping so hard and uh it hooked me and uh and and then ever since then you know i've been i've been running and then eventually turned to coaching that's awesome so the turkey trot was your first race then yep five mile turkey trot was the first official race <laughs> uh, we had a when i was 18 19 i was in basic training in fort benning georgia they had a 10 mile base run that our drill sergeants and company commander made us run and it was no it was not fun because none of us had trained we were it was basically just a 10 mile death march for us what's your favorite race that you've ever run Hmm. it's probably my hometown race uh the cap city half marathon is a it's a quarter marathon as well it's here in downtown columbus it's put on with a really good race crew it's a flat fast course and i'm not a fast runner kind of mid-pack now towards more of the back of the mid-pack but uh it's just a well-supported race great Mm -hmm. people and there's so many people that i know here in columbus that i've learned um or came across through running and just made so many friendships and it's kind of our annual party and uh Mm -hmm. we we run the race and then we have a nice post-race party and, and just make a whole day out of it so i think from that perspective that's my favorite um chicago marathon that i did in 2010 or 11 uh, was a great race. Would have been better if it wasn't so hot. <laughs> oh but, yeah, that year I remember that year. Yeah, and I and that was a great race because I just thought it was cool to run through a big city like that. Chicago's a great town. Yeah, yeah, and it's well put on too. It's a, it's a, a well um, well directed race too. So so what got you in, interested in coaching? Uh, well, that happened by accident too. Um, <laughs> so you know, after I I was running and and ran that turkey trot. I'd gone back to the doctor and in like six to within the six to eight months of me starting running, all my blood numbers were normal. Um, my fatty liver was no longer throwing off my liver enzymes. 
Um, I had lost 30 pounds during that time and just felt in the best shape of my life. And I, I got, got excited and I was like, you know what? My next thing for me is a half marathon. And, and I went to go train for that half marathon and over the winter and two weeks before race day, I got a stress fracture and I had no idea why. Um, I never really finished, followed any training plan. I just kind of mm. ran farther and farther each time I ran. And this is how naive I was. I mean, I just, mm. I just, I, week one, I ran like two miles every day. Week two, I ran three miles every day. Week three, mm. I just added a mile each day to the run. There was no mm-hmm. rhyme or reason. And by the time I got up to like 10 miles, I was running seven, eight, 10 miles every single day. Wow. And, <laughs> um, my body just fell apart. And yeah. So I had a stress fracture. Um, that back for six weeks, missed the race. And six weeks later, my, my leg felt better. And I was like, well, I'm going to start training for the fall. And I was like, well, I've already trained up through a half, so I might as well just go for the marathon. So I went straight from the five miler to a marathon, my, my first year running and finished the marathon. But during that phase, I realized that I didn't know what I was doing. And I joined a running club and they had some coaching, and, and I really enjoyed running with, with the group. And then it was about two years later, that club was super, super big. They had over 1,000 members, which is crazy for a running mm-hmm. club. And um, we, I ended up splitting away because I just thought, this is too big. I'm going to go do my own thing. And so, you know, some months went by, and eventually I missed having a running club. So I, I formed a running club up by where I live. Mm-hmm. And, uh one of the things that we found out in order to attract people is, you know, a lot of people were coming to us wanting coaching. And so about the time I was, I was really studying it for myself and I just got excited about coaching. And it's about, I, I feel like I'm a natural coach, even if I wasn't coaching running, mm-hmm. I, I coach people in, in, in my career and, and do a lot of mentoring and coaching. And so it was just natural. And, and that's kind of when I, I went off and, and got some certifications and, and started offering coaching through my local running club that, we we built up and and started offering 5k and half marathon and marathon training well it's certainly grown to something really uh spectacular i mean the run buzz website and community you've created is is something to be proud of uh tell me a little bit about your run buzz website how did the community how did it form how how has it evolved over the years um yeah i i mean it would my life seems to be a bunch of accidental uh, <laughs> steps, but, <laughs> but I really, one of the things was, is with my, with my running club, I had local, I loved running local and I still run with a lot of people from that club. But I realized that I, because of my, my wife has multiple sclerosis and, and I have two kids that were going into high school or, or at that point they were still in middle school. But I just realized that in order for me to um, be able to continue coaching, I really needed to do online coaching, but I wasn't at, when I first started, I, I started off with the podcast really. And, you know, okay. about, it'll be five years in May. I, I started podcasting and I was, I was podcasting hobby, kind of hobby podcasting. When I first got into coaching with a marathon training podcast I had. And, um, but I switched over to run buzz because I realized that there was this idea that, you know, we always want to talk about running. Runners want to talk about running runners mm-hmm. community with other runners. We have a great true. community, right? And, and so this idea of run buzz, kind of was a this spin of, you know, this, uh, you know, talking about running and, and the buzz about what's going on with running, but then also had that kind of little side effect of like, you know, the, the runner's high, right? Right, and, uh, right. Yes. And so I thought it was kind of a, just a cute kind of name. And so I, I signed up and got the URL and I started kind of blogging at first and, and really just tracking kind of 
this idea of, of how to, it was never really, I mean, it was kind of like this idea of expanding coaching online. I was really experimenting, but what it really turned into is that I wanted to create and recreate online a running community that mimics the local community running clubs where not everybody has access to a running club. Right. So mm-hmm. I just really wanted to create a community. And I think out of the, everything that, that I've done and, and again, it's, it's all been because of the community. And I, I feel like we have something like 700 and some members in our, our private Facebook group. And then um, many, many more from different other social media, but it's really about just providing a place for them to come in and, and, and I'm just a member of the community. I don't feel like I lead the community. The community leads itself. Mm-hmm. And it was really just this idea of, um, you know, being able to, the, the podcast I do for fun. I mean, you're doing a podcast now. And so, you know, it's really exciting to do it. And, and you know, it's a lot of work. But at the same time, the people you get to meet, you know, it's th- through this. Uh, I just had Ryan Hall, an you know, Olympic athlete. Oh. On. And he's, he's, that, he's terrific. That episode comes out tomorrow as the day that we record this. It'll already be out by the time this gets out. But Oh, great. Uh, I would have never got to talk to Ryan Hall. I mean, I'm just a 49-year-old guy in Columbus, Ohio, right? And, um, he, and he has a story. I mean, he has a, he has he he's had his ups and downs, and it's, he's yeah, fascinating. And, yeah. and he's doing amazing things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it was really – the whole idea behind RunBuzz was really to build a running community online. I just – I've mm-hmm. always just enjoyed being around other runners. Right. And then, and then it's, it, there's a coaching side of it too, where, you know, I just saw a market that, that wasn't really being served. I mean, you know, when we think of coaching, we think we have to be elite athletes to get coaching or we mm-hmm. have to, you know, and I just, I felt like in my own, I was looking for something, a resource that I felt like I needed. Um, there was a period of time when I was off for a year and a half um, for mm-hmm. plantar fasciitis. I really struggled with, with injuries and I, and I, instead of, just giving up running, I felt like I needed to dig in and learn more about it. And so it's really just a way for me to share um, with other runners and really build a community. And, and we're, in fact, we're coming up for the Cherry Blossom 10 miler. We put an online team together and, and I have some of my, my clients, but I also have people from all over the country flying in to be part of our team and we're going to run 10 miles together. Oh, that's going to be fun. You'll have, you guys will have a great time. I hope there'll be lots of pictures so what what is the most rewarding part of podcasting for you? I think I think when I get the the emails, you know, somebody that you didn't even know was listening, and and you get this email, and you realize that somebody sent something to you and said, you know, as a as a result of your podcast, I was able to do something. You know, maybe it was run my first five k, or maybe it was run to, to challenge them in such a way that's like, you know, what I didn't think I could run a half marathon. But then, you know, when you had a guest on that they really connected with, um, I do a lot of everyday runner type interviews mm-hmm. because I found that people connect to everyday runners more so right. than, than the Ryan Halls and the Bart Yassos. And, you know, um, yes, and, yes, and, exactly. And I've, had those, I've had those guys on the podcast and they're great guests. But mm-hmm. the people who do the best are people. I pull people right out of the community and, and I have some amazing stories. And so when you get those, those emails, it makes it all worth it because – you're going to find, and you probably find this already. I mean, it can be lonely podcasting because you never know who's listening. That's but true. But you also don't know who you're impacting on the other end. So I just love, like, you know, it just makes me feel like what I do is worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and it just makes, like I said, it just lights my day up. There was one um, 
one that you did a few years ago with an ultra runner. And I, I do ultras. I've just started doing them this year, actually. I've forgotten her name, Kristen something. I did forget her name, but she was so inspirational where she talked about her 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 mother was dying and her mother wanted her to run ultras. And it almost made me cry. It was so it was so inspirational and so moving. And I just thought that was so unique. I'd never heard any story like that anywhere. And I just loved that. I loved that I was able to hear something like that. That was very yeah. cool. I've had you know, I've had some I've had some interesting stories and, and I do try to reach out to those that whenever I hear of a, a real inspirational story, I, you know, I try to reach out to them. And, and mm-hmm. another one was, was Kelvin Reed, uh, ultra cowboy. And, oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He had yes. ALS and, yes. and Kelvin was just such a kind you know, soul. And he was just like, we, we known each other for about a year because mm-hmm. he was a member of our club and we, of our, our run, our run buzz uh, Facebook group. And, Mm-hmm. And uh, got to know him really well, and and to interview him, you know, it was it was it was the toughest interview I've ever had to do because I knew he was was dying from ALS and there's no cure. Yeah, and, uh, I just remember having to pause the interview a couple times because I was just trying not to like I was getting all teary eyed and kind of my throat was kind of getting. And then uh, you know, but it was so amazing to see his attitude and his spirit, and and uh, and then we had another another lady who. Um, she was fighting cancer. She was a cancer survivor. And, um, unfortunately, um, you know, the cancer came back and, and mm. took her life. Um, and, oh. and it was so hard, but, you know, the opportunity so to share their story was, was, was definitely, uh, some of the highlights, but yeah, I mean, we, we turn mm-hmm. those things into, into positives and sure. And I think we all have our reasons for running. And I think when we do have a reason for running, whatever our why is. It's what mm-hmm. keeps going. Absolutely, I I I I knew Kelvin from. Uh, he was in a couple running groups that I was in. He was in a uh, trail and ultra running group, and then another a slow runners group that that I'm in. So I got to. I didn't know him in person, obviously, but I knew him from those groups. So that was that was very sad. That was a hard hard thing to get through for everybody. I think because because everybody loved him. Everybody knew him, and you know. Yeah. You you had to love him. There was, no, yeah. you know, so yeah, it's hard. But but also, they these are people that never gave up. They keep fighting, and you you carry you know you carry their flag for them because they're runners. Absolutely, that's what we do, right? Okay. Yeah. What's the number one lesson you've learned from doing a podcast? From the podcast itself, I would mm-hmm. say it would be consistency, and it's something that I have struggled with throughout the five years. So I was real consistent in the beginning. Okay. And then I got a little bit, I wouldn't say burned out cause I enjoyed it, but I got, I was in a busy period of my life mm-hmm. where it was really hard to get it in um, and run the running club and, and the stuff that I was doing at the time. And, sure. and I let it, I kind of dropped to down to like once a month and then it was like once every other month. And then I'd get, I'd get consistent again and, and I'd, my listeners would start coming back and then I would drop off again. It was really this year or early 2018 that I just said, I'm going to make this a weekly show. Mm -hmm. I held that all the way up until about December. And then because of some other goals we have in our our business, and Mm -hmm. we we decided to cut back twice a month, um, at least temporarily. Mm -hmm. When I've been consistent, uh, the show continues to grow and, and we continue to reach more people. 
That's terrific. So on, on your website, you have some coaching plans for people. What is the Pace Builders program? Yeah, so Pace Builders is our model that I have really developed over the last few years. Um, it, you know, it's if you listen to early episodes of the Run Buzz podcast, it, it was something different. And mm-hmm. it, it started out originally as a speed training program. And I was, it was modeled off of a speed tra- training program that we put together as part of our running club. And then I realized I was starting to get people saying like, hey, can you, like, I don't want to do speed training, but I want to train for a marathon. And so we opened it up and mm-hmm. it's, it started off as one-on-one coaching and we certainly still offer one-on-one coaching. But we, we, we have a model where we take online resources and guidance Mm-hmm. Um, things that you know things that apply to all runners we put into short videos but then we have two programs now one is more of a self-coach model because not everybody wants or has the ability to hire a running coach right. or wants to work directly um, but they still want the guidance and the resources and the assets we give so i put pace to get builders together really is a is a new model of what i feel has been and it's been very successful with um this idea that you have access to a running coach when you need it and, but yet you have other resources and, and, and not just like throwing one of the things I didn't want to do is I just don't want to throw a bunch of like videos and, and checklists in a member's area and say, Oh, well, that's, that's all you need. Well, it's not. Um, you know, we also do support and we do live one-on-one mm-hmm. or live group coaching calls once a month. And we have a private group for our clients and, and uh, really it's, it's been an evolution of what has been working uh, in the online space as well as the stuff that has been working locally. And so as, as we've learned more with the athletes we coach and that I coach, we've learned that strength training is, is one of the most important things to help prevent injuries and help us run faster. And so we don't just do strength training. We actually put routines that are designed to work with running and we've built an exercise library. And I recently um, hired a, a strength coach um, to help us develop those programs. So we are, we're continuing to build it out. It's continuing to evolve. But, you know, we used to do custom training plans in the past where we would do one-on-one training plans. And I've gotten away from it because I found that the longer you write a plan out for somebody, uh, the less likely they are to, to complete it. They fall mm. off. Life happens. Or, and, and I've always been a really about creating highly customized training. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I don't do custom training plans anymore unless somebody's coaching with me one-on-one, at mm-hmm. which point – you know, we, we modify their plan every couple of weeks. So pace builders is really, it's, it's got a lot of common things across the two plans, but one's more of a self-coached model um, with a little less access to us. Although we, we do have the monthly calls, whereas the other one's more of a one-on-one traditional one-on-one coaching program okay. that has everything else. But yeah, it's really, it's really been something that we put together to help people who just want, you know, for, it's for busy adults mm-hmm. who just want that assistance without necessarily um, having to be either in person with with a coach, um, although ideally that's the best case, but um, it's been very successful. Sure. I was listening to, to one of your shows and you were saying how you don't wear a watch when you run. Do you still not wear a watch when you run? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one because I'm wearing the watch right now. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, so I go in phases. So I was very watch driven, pace driven when I was training um, hard and, 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 and I'd have, you know, all of us would be running together in a group mm-hmm. and we'd all have our garments. And, right. and I noticed one day that 
And I really felt like sometimes we're just a slave to the watch. That's and true. And what I found was is that when we run to our watch and we run to a specific pace, we're not paying attention to how our body's feeling that day, mm. right? So it's, it's uh, we may be running at a higher intensity because we're trying to force a pace and or we may be run- undercutting ourselves because you know, we was like, well, I only run a 1030 pace, so I must run 1030 today. And what I found was when I ditched the watch, one, it took a lot of the pressure off. And then two, mm-hmm. I've always coached my athletes to start running and learning intensity first and effort based training and then back into the pace and use your watch as kind of a checkpoint. Mm, that's, um, a, that's a good idea. Yeah. Instead of going from a pace first model mm-hmm. and then feeling like you're forcing yourself into a, a pace based on the watch. But, you know, I still wear the watch. I've, I've worn it more in the last two weeks than I've worn in the last year, though. That's, um, that's wild. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll wear it for races and I'll wear mm-hmm. it for key runs where, you know, a couple times where it's like if I need to mm-hmm. you know, track my distance because I'm running a new course or something like that. But I run almost entirely now by effort and feel. And I found that in just in the last several months, um, I've actually gotten faster than, and I was running times faster than what I was running four or five years ago because I didn't know I was running. I think if I stare at my watch sometimes and I see, Oh, I'm going, you know, faster than what I normally do. I sometimes would look mm. actually throttle myself back because I'm going, Oh, I'm running too fast even though I might feel like I could run faster. And I just found that when I ditched the watch, my running's got better. But then again, it could also be because I've been a little more consistent the last few months too. So, you know, it goes both ways. Well, that's true. You know, and one way, do do you ever do any trail running? Not as much as I would like to. It's a great way to switch up the running and, and it gives you a whole different feel. And you do slow down a little bit, but it's, there's a lot more body movement. Yeah, I um, we have some trails around here. Um, the really good trails are quite a drive. Mm. I mean, we have some short, you know, couple mile trails. Right, and, right. And, and so, and they're not when we when we say trails around here, they're not like pure trails. They're mm. more of the packed gravel, or you know, there's there's a couple places just down the road actually that that have some trails that, um, and there are some trail races around here. But I've been mostly a road runner, mm-hmm. and. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, I do want at some point uh, to run ultras. I have not run an ultra. I've run a few marathons. Um, my half marathon is kind of my 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 preferred race. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that if you know if I can mm-hmm. if I can get the motivation up and and get the the desire to train of doing some ultras and and maybe even some ultra trails. Well, you see, here's the thing with ultras: you get to walk a lot. And yeah. and the aid stations have the best food. I'm telling you, we we junk. I'm telling you that we eat bacon, we we peanut butter filled pretzels. That that's the secret. You go to the yeah. aid stations. That's like like it, it's like this smorgasbord of food. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, the, where I went today, I ran seven miles up in the headlands. I, I live in San Francisco. It's just north of Golden Gate Bridge, and it's basically like. I went almost eight miles, seven and a half, I guess, four miles straight up and then four miles straight down. And it's so those four miles straight up, I'm walking the whole way up. <laughs> it's or yeah. almost because it's just, you know, a thousand feet elevation. It's hard. And I'm not I am not used to it. I'm so out of shape with that. So I get to get back into the hills. Yeah, that's the that's the walk uphill and 
run down them and run the mm-hmm. flats and yeah. you're up in uh that's up in Dean Carnaz's country then. Yes, yes, and he runs some of the races. In fact, he's gonna he's gonna run. I'm doing a 50 miler in September. It's called the Headlands Hundred, and he's gonna do the hundred mile di- distance. Yeah. He'll probably he run a- there from his house. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, one of the proudest member, or moments of podcasting was I met him at the Chicago Marathon cool. Expo, and that was before I was podcasting, and then I got to have him on the show. So I, he was back, one of the guests probably, I don't know, two years ago, and it was just like, it was like, so he, at the time, he, he had just done the 50, 50 marathons in 50 days or ran across oh, yeah. the states, one of those crazy things that these guys do, and, and, uh, but yeah, it was really awesome to meet him in person and then to have him on on the podcast. And then he got me hooked on those chocolate covered coffee beans. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat them at night. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. I didn't know how powerful they were. I I had I ate I ate some and I, I could have swore I was seeing colors. That's how jacked up on caffeine I was. Let's see. I got to write that down. I got to take some of those out for my long, long runs. <laughs> see, making the middle note. But yeah, he's he's a terrific guy. I've met him at, at a couple different different races that I did. And he, he does a lot of the local stuff around here. He's he's very supportive of the community. It's, it's quite well, cool. If you see him, tell him I said hi. And it's probably do. He needs to get back on the podcast. I will. I'll tell him. <laughs> what what do you plan for uh, Run Buzz and Pace Builders coming up in the future? Well, I think. Now that we have really settled on what Pace Builders is, um, we're going to continue to refine it, continue to improve it. One of the things, I have a software background, so we are looking at creating some software that will help bridge our athletes and in, in, in to their data, similar to like a Garmin Connect, but also doing something along the lines of, for the community who are non-Pace Builder members, but for RunBuzz, actually doing something that will of creating software. I won't go too much detail in it, but okay. it's basically a challenge based software or a challenge based system that allow people to create teams. And then oh. the teams will do things like maybe virtually race across a continent. Wow. Um, famous and so it'll be all tied into their garments and it'll be something that, um, wow, nice. Not just to our population, but mm-hmm. all runners. and a hundred percent free. It's just going to be a really cool thing. We're probably a year away from that because mm-hmm. it's my time. Um, and we're trying to get through some technical challenges right now. But sure. it's been a yep. little bit on hold mm-hmm. uh, recently because of the of, of getting this new version of Pace Builders out. But Run Buzz itself, we're going to keep doing the podcast. Um, cool. We are expanding and adding coaching, um, other coaches. And so we now have coaches coming to us and saying, hey, we want to – use your assets with our with our athletes. And um, so we're investigating, bringing on additional coaching. It won't be for pace builders, but um, maybe we, we're still in the air for that. So mm-hmm. we're looking at like expanding our model to other coaches who maybe aren't online coaches. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to get in that online space. Um, so we're looking at that. We're looking at partnering with a number of organizations to actually provide discounts on products. Cool. So people who join our membership will be basically getting discounts on things that they would normally pay for or normally purchase, mm-hmm. and their discounts will fund their coaching. So we're not very early stages of that, but that's kind of the next steps for us. Okay. 
Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and good luck in everything. And I hope we speak uh, shortly and My I'll pleasure. definitely stay in touch. Thank you definitely so much. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. For information on RunBuzz and Steve, check out runbuzz.com or on Facebook. You guessed it, RunBuzz. Thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been a lot of fun. Social media and technology has made it easier than ever for us runners to connect with each other. And I was so surprised that the Martha Runs the World is a big hit in Malaysia. My goodness, you love me there. Yay! (laughs) I'm also happy with all the praise my little podcast is getting. We're getting bigger in numbers, and that means a lot to me. That means the world to me. Thank you so much. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there and your time is limited. So you even taking a little bit of time out to listen to this little old program, it it just, it means the world to me. So I can't say thank you enough. And if you listen on iTunes, if you could please give us a five-star ratings rating, that would be amazing. That would really, really be amazing. It would help, help out a lot. So as always, check out the website for additional information at MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. And email me with any comments, questions, or suggestions for upcoming show ideas. I'd love to hear from you at MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmx.com. And until next week, let's tie up our laces and go for a run. 